Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we are joined by Colleen Slaughter, a renowned executive coach and partner at Authentic Leadership International. With over 20 years of experience in leadership transformation, Colleen specializes in areas like change management, resilience, and emotional intelligence. She's collaborated with Fortune 500 companies, NGOs, and nonprofits across 60 countries. Colleen's approach focuses on empowering leaders to, tr to transcend self-doubt and achieve remarkable results. I've asked her to join us here today to talk about excellence, culture, and how we can all be better leaders. So Colleen, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Daryl, thank you. I'm already having fun with you. Aww. And I love our beach theme. Anybody yeah, right? that knows me knows I'm my best right? self at the beach. So there this is go. awesome. Right? Yeah. Yes. I can feel We're the just in our bathing suits. Yeah, you can't see it, but I really do have two fans going. I'm sweating like I'm at the beach. So I'm not, yeah. <laughs> Colleen, I want to ask, before we get into the nuts and bolts and details, how did you even get into business and leadership in that? Is this something that your parents were involved in? Is this something oh, like gosh. a business? Yeah. Or? Well, you said before we get into the nuts and bolts, but I have to tell you, this is the nuts and bolts for me. So it's not going to be a quick answer. How did I get into it? I had a very, like many people I know, challenging childhood. A lot of dysfunctional things went down. And then as an early adult, let's say mid to late 20s, found myself in enough pain around the consequences of that, that I was ready to do some work on myself. Mm. And the more I did work on myself, that had a ripple effect. So it had me, for example, going back to school. It had me looking at different career. And so after business school, I found myself in consulting at that point, change management consulting, because I already realized I love change literally and figuratively. Like I love having a different agenda all mm -hmm. week, different days. Going to the same office every day is not for me. I need mix of people, mix of events. And at this particular consulting firm where I started, it was a boutique firm in Paris, which I should back up and say, clearly from my accent and probably my name, although it, it's true that in France, there are many different origin people, mm. but I grew up in Kentucky oh, okay. and single mom parent household. So my dad was never part of the picture and lower income. And my mom would say, follow your dreams. Mm. And so that was some positive stuff that came out and there were others too, but these two main things like adversity following dream, regardless of what the bottom line might say at the moment. And so that, and I was also blessed, I believe with a very strong intuition. Hmm. And so there've been several instances in my life where I just knew that was the thing to do. Yeah. And especially yeah. in the early years of my life, people would think I was crazy. Sorry. Did you want to? No, I, I just, okay. I was saying, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly that, yeah. that intuition is it's, Power for something you can train. There's a guy that wrote a great book. I was traveling with my girlfriend to go to Japan. It was supposed to only be one year in Tokyo, ended up being three. And I wanted to keep us safe. I'd never really traveled without without parental guidance. I've been around the world, but my parents were always there. I asked the martial arts instructor of mine at the time, how do I keep her safe? And he recommended this book called The, the Gift of Fear. And you read ah. the book, but the basic concept of the book of fear, yeah. uh, the gift of fear is that. We need to trust our intuition, our guts. Even if we're wrong, we yeah. have to train it. And all these yeah. remarkable stories of women intuitively, and I love the message is that as a woman alone in a parking lot, 
some guy is getting uncomfortably close. You will never turn a good normal man into a mad killer serial rapist by acting weird and get away from me. What are you doing? Stay back there. <laughs> if you're crazy, you're not going to make him crazy. No, if, although he might run even faster, but yeah. Sure. But if he is, if he is a bad guy, you'll expose him sooner and trust your instincts. So I, sure. I say that the instincts are really powerful. Yeah, instincts are key. And by the way, the more... I started talking about going down the self-development path, but the more I do, that's the more I hear is above all, trust yourself. Mm. And luckily I was born with that at a young age. And so I had felt drawn to France, which I meet a lot of Americans here. There are a lot of Americans who live here. Many, of course, come for as tourists, of course. But what's different is I just completely moved here. And I was in my 20s. I had never left the U.S. I had never been an international city. And there I was coming from Kentucky to live in Paris. So that's an example also of my personality. Uh, a lot of people say they find me courageous. For me, I can see that. But at the time, it's not about being courageous. It's just about following this voice. Because the other thing with my internal voice, it doesn't it's relentless until I do what it wants. Right. And so it has also led me from when I was a, a secretary to applying to one of the best business schools in France. So crazy things, but no, I love it. Opened up my life. I love it. I love it. <laughs> they've I love opened it. up my life. So there I was after business school, there I was in this consulting boutique, heard about coaching. There we go with the intuition, sense of expansion in my body. That's the other thing. When I hear something and my body lights up, I'm like, that's for me. Although I was still in my early 30s. So I wasn't quite ready to slow down and shift gears, but it was there. Um, and then we had a, with my partner at the time, we moved back to the States and I had reverse culture shock. Right. And at that point, I just wanted to move back to Europe. <laughs> and I said, yeah, to my, I don't, I do this video thing. It's this love, hate relationship while well, being oh, friends. Oh, I miss, it was the reverse I culture the shock. It's, I miss the cult, the sense of client service in the States. And then I get to the States and then I feel, wait a minute, why did I leave friends? Yeah. I had that coming back from Japan. The one year turned into three. And I remember going back to Canada, my, my now ex, but we were together almost just like a week shy, six years before it ended. On the way back, we both were so shocked because we went on United or something, an American airline. And I just remember like in Japan, they have five levels of etiquette and there's the top four of those are polite and politer and way more polite than- More polite. And, yeah. yeah, even more polite. And so we were on the plane, <laughs> the attendants going around and it was mealtime. They're like, what do you want? And I just was like, how dare you speak to me like that? Because they're always in Japan. They're always like, excuse me, sorry to bother you. Could I? But they were just like, what do you want? Hey, what do you want? And I was just like, oh my goodness. And I remember going back to Canada thinking I've had so many misunderstandings and miscommunications in Japan, man, I can't wait till I'm back and everyone speaks English. All that's going to disappear. And then I go back to Canada and they're all still there. People are people. I thought it was hilarious. So you just, your revolts, reverse culture shock. I've. Oh yeah. It's really a thing. And culture shock's a thing. There are books around it, by the way, if you're, it sounds so glamorous to move to another country. I'm sure you can agree with this Daryl like anybody like it sounds so glamorous people like, oh, you live in France it 
I wanted to use the grass greener. Of course, it always looks greener. And if and all you got to do is get on social media and people want to make it, their life is so perfect. Yeah. Of course, by the way, I would argue that those trying to say that really don't have the perfect life. But anyway, the point is, it seems like so glamorous, but it's, it's not that easy. It has its pitfalls as well. And, and that's with every country, right? Yep. For sure. Yep. But what was I? We were talking about your career and that you, the tingling. The short of it is that I went to coaching school and I was going to do that as a feather in my hat, uh, meaning, okay, more credibility to get into HR, to get into Mm -hmm. org design or talent management. But midway through, there goes the body light up again. And I went, forget the feather. This is the whole hat. And I knew most, anyway, in MBA, I had majored in entrepreneurship. I have a real love of creativity, of flexibility. Mm -hmm. I I talked about time earlier and like to have a time that varies and being able to choose my schedule, which has come in very handy, by the way, in the COVID era, of course, where there's so much virtual work. Yeah. I'm sorry that you have an MBA in entrepreneurship. That's definitely something to note. My apologies in your intro. Oh, it's, not a worry. Not a worry. Thank you. Yeah, I have. I ac- actually also recently did a, another second master's. I did that between 21 and the end of 22. And that was from in, in INSEAD. So I did these French schools, but that one was about executive master of change. And here's what's really cool about that. There's a lot of cool things about it, but here's one of the things that touched me the most in that program. There's two things I'll say about it. One is that you have these, anybody that knows about academia knows what I mean. These world-renowned, right, professors at this institution, global institution. And for most of the program, it felt very academic, which is normal. And then the very last module, the very last module, they say, we are teaching you all these things, giving you all these tools, because the real key is learning how to love more. Yeah. That's the work I do, by the way. That's what we could sum up your question, your first question. Why the heck do I do? Because I want to help people remember who we are truly, get all the defenses away, all the protective layers, which of course I'm good at having. I've just found another one I have that has had to come off, is coming off. And it, it's not always an easy journey. But that's it at the end of the day. I believe that's why we're here, learning to love more. And I was so touched by this. And I'll, if I would love to share too, at some point, Wait. I don't have it memorized, but sorry, that was my cat. <laughs> sure what happened. It. Didn't see it. Uh, good. But, but there's a quote by Dostoevsky around being, and it's similar to what you were saying with the fear thing and moving to Japan and all of this that we're talking about, but imagine Dostoevsky, one of the best quotes I've ever seen. And I love quotes, but this one is about, we want certainty. Mm. So we're very cautious, but what we're going to realize is we're creating this cage for ourselves. That's the prison is certainty. We're so afraid to step into the void. And so Mm. we stay in this quote, certainty, but really we're imprisoning ourselves. And that was so, that was one of the most powerful really for me of the whole module, yeah. that was amazing yeah. of the whole program. I, but the other thing I'll say about it, and maybe we can circle back later, is I wrote a thesis for that. And the reason I'm saying that is I genuinely want to be of service to the world. 
Yeah. And the thesis is on a theme which has never been written about, at least that I can find in the business world. The latest writings were from the 70s and 80s. Mm. And I did, so I did a real updated version and the first time ever in the business world. And that is the effects of self-beliefs of adult daughters of alcoholics in the workplace. Mm. And so I mentioned that because I've, I have it available for anyone that might want to read it for him that might help, but it's, it was a real powerful piece of work for me to do is real cathartic. And mm. I also felt Toni Morrison, she said, if there's a book you want to read it, read, and it doesn't exist, then you have to write it. I love so that. that's another way to describe, yeah. you know, how I approach life, how I approach leadership. I love that. Um, yeah, Ram, Ram Das said, we're all just walking each other home. And I love how you talked about that. That we, I wrote down, we are love when you said that, because the problems are markets. And in my mind, like we all know parasitic business entities, and I think they are a problem on this world versus a solution. Because I think that- They're like problems, one of the biggest problems. Yeah, right, because sure. problems are markets. My teeth hurt, dentist. I'm bored, entertainment, right? I'm hungry, restaurant or farmer or good- so problems are markets. And then there's different demographics. So if there's a problem, that's like having like a football game. There's a football game. And some people, they want to stream it at home. Some people want to share some drinks with friends at a pub and they'll pay a different fee. Some people want to go there, but they don't want to pay a lot. So they want it, they're okay to sit in the nosebleed. Some people want to have their feet on the grass at the half line mark or half, what is it? The half 50, whatever, half mark. And some people want to be in a big box with like VIPs watching it on TV, even though they're right there. There's different experiences. Think about job hunters or helping people job hunt. High powered CEOs need to find work. The mom that's kids just got old enough. She can go back to work, needs to find work. Homeless people need to find work. It's the same problem, but there's different stereotypes experiencing it. But problems are the market. And then we choose the stereotypes to best serve. And so we are businesses about service. All the companies is a group of people who help another group of people and they do it via a product or service. That's it. And so I love what you say when you say like love, even if you don't have an ethical bone in your body, I say, even if like secretly you just, I hate humanity and all. The only way to survive in business long-term is to love on everyone, to really take care of your customers, your staff, your oh, vendors. Yeah. That's the firm belief that I have. You might get away with screwing people over for a while, but especially in today's <laughs> day and age where it's so transparent, Unless you yeah, have the government but, mandating your product, you have to be a good person. Yeah. And also, Daryl, I'm going to push back a little bit uh, because do I do hear you say, in my word, right, ego's okay. We uh, Ego might be present. For business, we at least have to put on a front, right? And at least right. be there and be a good person for the business. I hear you say that. And here's where I'm going to push back. Obviously, we both also would bring in the human element. I know you enough to know, of course, you would bring that in. But here's what I want to say. Majority of people I work with, and that might have become clear by the intro, but I'll still say it because it's really important for context. All walks of life, in my personal life, I do a lot of volunteer work. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's why I can say that. A lot of volunteer work, particularly with women, but not only. Professional life literally people from all over the world, literally. Mm -hmm. I just got off the phone with this awesome client from Saudi Arabia. 
by the way, I don't know how he found me. He contacted me a few weeks ago. He's this lovely deep soul who just decided I was the coach for him. But anyway, my point is the following. Most people, nearly everyone is looking for greater meaning. Mm -hmm. There is something missing for them. And I get calls from early 40s somethings. I'm partner at such and such firm. I make good money. I have yeah. the two houses. I have this. I have that. I'm miserable. I'm having the impact. That I'm like miserable. I'm yeah. And granted, that wouldn't have been me either in most of my 30s, right? And I'm not wanting to just ostracize a group, but I do think it has to do with the life stage, right? Yeah. That would make sense. But so I think me meaning is a really key topic. Yep. And I, and, and not just because I'm bringing it, people are bringing this, especially with this crazy world we live in, right? Where most of us are going, what's going to happen now? So that is what I would say. And by the way, that's a really, I didn't do that on purpose, but that's a really nice segue into just picking up where I left off because as I got into coaching and the particularly coaching school I went to, which is deeper than just, it teaches us, has taught us to not just switch a behavior with a behavior. Right. Right. which is akin to a, a, a new year's resolution. I'm going to lose weight. Gyms are packed January. Yes. By March it's where are they? And of course, first in line here. And so shifting, really shifting our mindset, but not just shifting it to get the money or whatever, but to be really in alignment with who we are, mm. that can take a lot of work. And yeah, so did that. In, so then I, after coaching school, I started having my children, which brings its own challenge. More difficult for me than it might be for others, but I've heard of more challenging cases than mine as well. But it took some time. And then, then I got into facilitating. And that's where I got to also work with, start working with teams. And that I love as well. I love mm -hmm. that, just the dynamic mm -hmm. among people. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I eventually found myself as part of a really big group. They're one of my biggest clients. And that's on my website. If anybody's curious, I won't mention them just be just for that uh, confidentiality sake, but, and I learned a lot and I'm constantly thanks to, especially both my own nature, but also being part of that group constantly in self-improvement because I'm constantly in a feedback. Um, if there's, you know, allowed space, of course, to be human. Uh, it's not about perfection, but it is about excellence. Right. And it, so right. I definitely always kept on my toes, which on the one hand is a blessing because it means I have to walk the talk, but it's also a curse because I have to walk the talk. It's not always right. easy. Let's say, yeah, it, my, my, one of my, I, I hear you wanted to come in. Let me just finish. No, 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 I, you're good. That's you're okay. Good. You're I good. don't mean to interrupt. Sorry. No, I, um, but my, no. Beloved, one of my beloved coaching teachers, and I really love him. He said, we coach from our wounds. Mm. And I realized at that point, because for a large part of my life, I, I marginalized myself. I'd be like, I've been through these traumatic things. I, therefore, am not good enough. And seriously, that's why I also mentioned the thesis, first of all, to help others, but the growth that helped me with. Not necessarily thesis itself, but right around that time. In a minute, I'm going to sneeze. Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. You're Sorry. Good. You're to good. Edit You're that good. part. Sorry, gang. It's fine. I'm human too. But I started noticing that 
no, that actually gives me an edge because there are a lot of people have been through trauma and dysfunction. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's not always talked about. In fact, it's rarely talked about. Yep. And I realized that's part of my, I believe my soul blueprint, if you will, or mission. I want to be like the Alanis Morissette, the Sia, if you will, maybe even the Sinead O'Connor of the coaching and leadership world. What do I mean by that? No, I don't plan on necessarily ripping up a photo of someone famous, but my point is, and I say that with so much respect to her, my point is, why is this an elephant in the living room? They're literally almost 50, it's 40% of this world affected adult children of alcoholics. Like, why is this such a secret? Why are we not talking about this? What is the shame in that? How is this my fault? And let's take it a step further. Wonderful alcoholics are wonderful people too. Like, why is there shame around that? It's not their fault either, right? And I just say them only because statistically, I'm a miracle that I'm, I could very well be part of that. But my point is, what's all the shame about? 20 years ago, we weren't talking transgenders. We weren't talking LGBTQ. I hope I got the right game. And now we are, thank goodness. Thank goodness. So let's bring this stuff out of the shadows. Now that's part of my business. And that is definitely on my website. The part about working with the thesis is available for free, but also just in general, for me, what I love, what is brings deep meaning, like really deep meaning. And I love this because I don't have to think about a career change Mm. before I die. I don't have to think about, oh, what I've always loved. I'm already there Yeah, is helping people wake up remember who we really are. And yes, it's love. I really believe that. And then shift our lives in, as a, to be congruent with that. Yeah. So anyway, that was a long, no, you're good. You're good. Deal, but... <laughs> I want to give people your website. Cause you mentioned it a couple of times. You know, yeah. Oh yeah. Bouldermoves.com. Is that correct? It is bouldermoves.com. Bouldermoves.com. And there's a few things about that on the first fold of the first page. You're welcome to sign up if you wish. Listen, all of this is just for to be of service. Seriously. One thing I hate is bombarding people with emails. I find that so tacky. I will never do that. But there's a bolder move of the week. That's two or three lines that literally is about what's one thing you could practice stepping out of your comfort zone, lightly out of it into the learning. For some weeks, it might not seem very bold to you, but it will be bold to others and vice versa. All good. So that's on the first fold. And then on the, what we do page, there's working with ACOAs. And that's where, if you scroll down, you can find the sign up for the thesis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that. You just reminded me of an old friend of mine. She's actually been a guest in the, in the show. She writes for Forbes magazine or used to, I don't know if she still does, but well, that will be she, me soon. I'm going to do she, that too. She had this thing. It was like a hundred days of a hundred unreasonable requests. So it was Ooh. like every day she had to make an unreasonable request and she got like a walk, like a treadmill desk. She just, that's how she got to write for Forbes. That's, she just did a hundred days of just making outrageous requests of people that were like, or, and people be like, okay. Like she, it wasn't just give me this for nothing, but it was asking, stepping through the fear. Yeah. And and that's why when you started talking about, and even just name, I was like, man, that reminds me of Stephanie. Cause I was like, man, you must have been wearing your ovaries on the outside for that. Like those hundred days, like just some of the things that I heard she asked for that she didn't get fine, but it's, it's, yeah. I, anyhow, 
So check out boldermoves.com. This isn't the end of the interview. Yes. It just came up. So I figured it was a good time. Yeah, well, that's you cool. Know. Now, while okay. we're at it, while we're yeah. at it, because there is a link, uh, and I just spoke over you again. So we'll, but you've mentioned fear a few times. And I thought when you mentioned this book, and I wrote it down here, The Gift of Fear, uh, I thought you were going to say to lean into the fear. So I've actually, at the last stage of writing my book, I've had, it's the third and final draft. It'll be published very soon. Mm. There's actually a page on my website about this, but the point is there are some readings about follow the resistance, follow the fear. And Mm. that's where your greatest growth is. Yeah. Not the healthy fear. Let's watch the heck out. This person is toxic. Her's going to hit you. Move. Not that fear. No, not that fear, the healthy, but the fear that's, can I possibly feel these feelings? Yeah. Yeah. Everything you want's on the other side of that. In fact, there's a quote around that. Everything you want's on the other side of fear. I forget who says it, but I've quoted that person in my book. Yeah. And the quote, fear kills more dreams than failure ever will. Oh, I like that one too. I'll write that down. (laughs) I'm writing these quotes down as you say that. I I agree with you on that. Because if you think, not to get too philosophical or anything, but if you think that there there might be a soul or a collective consciousness that's eternal, whatever you want to call that, if you could live, let's even just say humans are going to become immortal. Let's think of that way. AI, we're all going to become immortal. Whether you want to, it's a spirit or it's universal consciousness, or we're just going to hit immortality. However you want to spin that. Let's say it exists now. So in the presence of immortality, what are the trophies that, like what becomes a trophy then at that point? Is it laying around on the beach, doing nothing for days on end? Is it cowering when you were challenged with something that intimidated you? Or is it when you stepped up and overcame yourself, overcame obstacles? when you did something of significance and meaning that will survive for maybe generations, right? These become the things that would become trophies of the soul. So when you talk about following the fear, that's, that's what I thought of when you talked about following the fear, not the instinct, Hey, this thing's going to hit me. I better move out of the way. But that, what if I fail? What if I'm not good enough? Leaning through. Yeah. That. What if they, what if the, it's shown that I'm not good enough, right? That right. whole imposter syndrome that most of us humans including yours truly, right? Yeah, me too. Me too. Newsflash though, it's got to be hard first before it can become easy. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And and that's the whole point of Boulder Moves, if I might say. Some people get confused. It it, it would make sense. My company's called Authentic Leadership International, but the website's bouldermoves.com. So what's the connection? Why? I started with Authentic Leadership International and quickly the idea of making bolder moves because I realized how hard it is in today's world to just be ourselves. Yeah. And especially those of us who might be employees of a company where there's a particular culture and we certainly don't speak up, we might lose our jobs or they might think I'm not a team player or all these other what if, what ifs, and I'm not dismissing it because I know it can be a real fear depending on the well, culture. Sometimes it's legitimate, but like, you're not a tree. So just move. You're not a tree. Just get up, <laughs> get up and move. You just, the, there's billions, there's what, seven, eight billion people on this planet. You can yeah. find a group of 10 that you get along yeah, with. Yeah, but like, then there's the fear of overcoming change, right? Which a lot yes, of people. Yes. Yeah. Hey, we can say it. We've uprooted, literally, talking of the tree theme, ourselves and moved to a different country. But there are a lot of people who haven't even left their main yeah. You know, yeah. towns. Yeah. Or uh, 
They couldn't but imagine not, the so strong. I'm just saying how fear can play out at so many different levels. I agree. And and but that's the whole thing with Boulder Move is that's literally the all of us in our space, right? We talk about there. It doesn't have to be a step ahead that terrifies the bejeebies out of us, right? In mm. some cases, when we've had a track record of doing it and we know it will bring us only freedom to do it, great. But for some people getting started, that is just too paralyzing to think mm-hmm. about such a mm-hmm. huge step. Mm-hmm. So just taking these little tiny steps. And what it does is we're rewiring our brains that goes from danger because we might worry what people think danger to, oh, actually I've seen that malarkey, right? That's not worth anything. It doesn't even real. So I'm going to keep going. Mm. And that's what the Boulder Mids is about is just do it, mm. do it. In particular, mm. when we follow our own voice in particular, and I've quoted, I said some of those, but it's like, moving from Kentucky to Paris. I live in Lyon now, but the point is that was a huge shift. Right. The second secretary to MBA, there's a lot of other things I've done in my life. But after that, people just threw their hands up in my life. There she goes again. Right, 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 <laughs> like, right, right. After those first two. Yeah. So what do you think are some, we've already talked on some indirectly, but just to really hit the hammer, the hit the nail on the head with the hammer. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people making? It's very much in the theme that we're talking about. It's playing small based Ooh. upon fear. I love and that. I've did that my whole life, practically up until about four years ago, <clears throat> chronic people pleaser. Right. Now that was, we're all, look, we humans are always trying to get our needs met. Let me back up and say this with lots of sure. judgment, lots of <laughs> non-judgment. That was a 40 and slip. Wasn't I'm not it? afraid. Goodness I'm not, I got thick skin. I got thick skin. No, but no judgment is what I mean because full of compassion, actually, to say that differently. We humans are always trying mm. to get a need met. Okay. And I think the biggest mistake we humans make, and I, let me say, I did this and I still do it. Okay. So I am right there is trying to get our needs met from the outside in. So we want to feel safe. We want other people to make us feel safe or I stay in this job, even if it's toxic, because it's what I know, quote, safe, even if it's not safe because it's toxic, but it's what I know. Or I want you to like me. So I know I'm likable without loving myself from within, without creating myself, without giving myself the validation to know I'm good enough, even if nobody's buying my book or even if, right. And I don't, I'm just making something up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the biggest mistake is trying to get our, our needs met from the outside. Yeah. I love that. It's wonderful when other people come and give us kudos and hugs and all that. Recognition feels good. Cherry on the cake. It's not the cake. Yes. Yeah. It's not the, yeah. There's a great, uh, it's a long, so I won't read it here, but I, I love the poem. It's Raya, the mountain dreamer and by Oriah, the mountain dreamer. It's called the invitation. And oh, it's one of my favorite poems. And it, ends with, it, it ends with, you know, are you happy with the company you keep in the quiet moments? That's, that's like how the poem, I just, it's a great poem. I read it like once it a year. Yeah. And it's, I, I want to know if you're, if you betray yourself, betray someone else to be honest to yourself. And I want to know if you can, if you like the company you keep in the quiet moments like that, yeah. that's just such a, cause that's, that's at the end of the day, that's, that's what we're in with. There's a great, 
there's a great talk. Alan Watts is he's he's a spiritual guru. You could say he studied like he was a priest in Catholicism, and then he went to the East, and then he taught about Taoism and stuff. But he has this great talk he gives called the Dream, and he says, imagine, and going back to being immortal almost, but imagine every night you went to sleep that you could dream a hundred years of life, or however many years of life that you wanted to dream. And so every night you went to sleep, you would live a whole lifetime of experiences. And in the beginning, you'd start off with all the most lavish pleasures, right? All the fame and recognition and this and that and all the wonderful stuff. But eventually, after nights of lives, hundreds of years, thousands of years, if you want, of nothing but pleasure, you get bored of it. And you'd want, you want some risk. You want some excitement. You want some danger. And over time, you get riskier. I, want, I need more. I, I, it's got to be more. Until one night you would want to go to sleep and go tonight when I go to sleep, I don't want to know that I'm going to wake up and it'll be okay. And in the infinite possibility of the world, of the universe, it's possible that you could have gone to sleep one night to dream the dream of the life you're living today. And so that's, that's I wish I came up with that, but I just regurgitating what he said. But that comes back to what you talk about, about following the fear and about, about playing games that are too small and about stepping outside of ourselves, about overcoming our challenges, about learning from the wounds of our life to give back and heal ourselves and heal others, about problems being markets, and that just, and, and trying to find, and markets are unknown and unknowable. What that means is if I asked you how many people were shopping for a car today, you could look at indicators, but ultimately we would never know and it changes every day, but everyone can acknowledge excellence. So if there's a problem that you can solve and you just focus on solving that problem as excellent as possible, be able to help the most people in the best way with love like that's that everybody can acknowledge and recognize excellence and so that's i think a good philosophy to take and that's and that's serving other people you're smiling it's your interview so i feel like i took the, the standing on the no i but i am smiling because I'm always delighted when I meet a kindred soul and I just feel uh, that with you, Daryl, seriously. Uh-huh. And it's just been a wonderful synchronicity. Mm-hmm. So there's many of like the, the poem you mentioned actually was read at the coaching school that, uh, that I went to. There's just, there's so many synchronicities that have happened today and the depths, because it's not just about moving forward, making bold, bolder moves just to show, yeah, you know, yeah, look how great show. I am. It's coming from within. It's this alignment was it's self-actualization really. Like yes. we're going to talk. Yes. It's self-actualization. Yes. Of course, to do that, we have to have our, our base level, our base needs met. But again, that starts here, right? Yep. So it's having the courage to go here. Yep. And where do you and think the future of all this is going? Because now we have AI We've got new global agendas that are imposed by people who potentially weren't voted into that position to impose them on the world. We've got a lot of things going on in the world right now. Where do you see this kind of going in 5, 10, 20 years? A lot of people have been challenged, especially through the pandemic. Everybody had their lives touched in the pandemic. The whole planet got touched. Well, this is my simplistic view of the way things are now for humans. We humans, it's simplistic, but it pretty much sums it up. Okay. And in my experience and in my observation, there are two categories of humans. There are the ostriches okay. who will 
put on the protect, continue adding on protective layers, being what you want me to be, maybe being very angry, like you said, an ego driven, cynical, who wouldn't be by the way, right. <laughs> this crazy world. And by the way, I've been a porcupine on many times in my life. I know what it's like to be a porcupine. It's not, it's, but it's always a choice. And so for me, again, as you asked, that's one category, the porcupine ostrich category. The other says, the other category says, there's gotta be something more. Mm. There's gotta be something more. And they're willing to do the work. And depending on the level of, I'll use the T word trauma, depending on our life experiences, that can be more challenging than for others. It right, just depends, right. yeah. but that willingness to do the work, to get to the place and we talk about the layers of the onion coming off to get to the heart. And it doesn't have to be so dramatic. It doesn't have to be, but for many of us, it is right. It just depends. But in my view, those are the, those are the two, that's the choice. Mm. And then one, initially, those of us choosing the onion path, if you will, peeling the layers of the onion, it's it's to save our own bottoms. Honestly, that's one thing. But then the more we can get into it, it's, wow, oh, this right. actually brings meaning. I actually can feel joyful, even with this crazy stuff going on and this horrific yeah. stuff going on, I can find meaning. Right. So that's what I see is more and more perhaps of that. Let me just look over U.S. politics, right? I won't say another word about it, but that's <laughs> just to show yeah. that both sides are alive and well, right? Just yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's been an interesting few years. I think a lot of people are waking up and looking at the whole, what is the cycle? It's eat, sleep, work, consume. And oh, in, France, in French, they say metro boulot dodo. It's uh, metro for subway, boulot for uh, work, and dodo for sleep. That's uh, it. That's what they call yes. it. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that funny? Yeah. But that's fun. To a certain extent, that's real. When you look outside, like I always thought as a kid growing up, I'd look outside and I'd be on my weekend. And I remember seeing like the birds and squirrels. And I'm like, they don't really get a weekend, do they? Like the bird can't be like, hey, cat, it's my, I've, I'm taking a mental health day. You need to leave me alone. That's just not an option for, any other, any other creature on this planet, they don't bank holidays. You know what I mean? Like they just are so <laughs> present and in the moment. There's no fish I out there. I never thought about that. I, yeah, it's just not. A, it's just a total. Well, except for my cats, they're always sleeping, right? So right. I don't know yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, if I die and come back, I want to come back as a small dog to a retired woman in Florida. That would be a great. You know, <laughs> or in Japan, I'll, I'm sure there's lots of other good places, Italy. But for the most part. This is a societal construct that's not a part of the real world, but it's very real for us. And so there's layers of these things and we have to figure out and navigate our way through the world. And that's where I came from when everybody in the world had a couple of weeks to sit at home and just look at everything and whales are coming into parts. Yeah. Or a few yeah. months or some. So all of a sudden people started having more deeper questions about life. Why am I here? What's why? What am I doing? And I hope that's that planted some great seeds. And I think that's really powerful. And even part of why I do this podcast, the missions to help create 200 new multi-million dollar businesses, how evidence-based science, accountability, and step-by-step -step systems. And that all comes back to before the middle class, it was kings and peons on that. If you're doing less than hundred million a year, you're still really a medium-sized business. And so we are the middle class. We pay the middle class salary. And it's really important. It's not just product market fit, it's product market founder fit. 
And so people have to connect. Otherwise your business becomes the book report. You can't get done because you just have no interest in the book. It's, and that's, and I think there's people that face that. And so what you're talking about, establishing a sense of purpose and meaning, I think that's a really important thing. And it, it's all almost the concept of Ikigai, which is a Japanese concept of finding your life passion, but then in the intersection of what you're passionate about, what you're good at, and what people will pay you for. And if you can find the intersection of those things, that, that's, a, that's, the, that's a blueprint for a wonderful life, a wonderful existence. And I think more people, they're trying to search for that now. And I think it's a good thing, asking questions. Change is always constant. It's the only constant. And I think who we are becoming is more important than who we are. And I think that like the work like you're talking about is critically important to that because a lot of people, they just don't ask themselves the right question. They don't have someone there or they're afraid and they need someone to hold their hand. And Here's something I didn't say, and I think you have alluded to it, but I didn't say to be really clear. There is this part of looking for meaning. And there is the part of lining with purpose and there is that internal gratification for doing it. And there, it makes business sense because those who are doing that, those leaders are much more impactful, much stronger presence, much more inspirational. There are numbers proving that these leaders get results. These teams are getting results. So yes, there is the human, which is my favorite part, of course. But for the harder facts around it, it makes business sense as well. It does. So I think that's really important to bring in because we're not just doing the airy fairy view, if you will. It's the human view. And because relationship precedes results, right? the results right. definitely have a reflection of that. And even our research, a lot of the, my regular listeners, loyal listeners know about research we did into the eight criti- to discover the eight critical success factors. We also, a sub factor of those is corporate social responsibility, communi- community development, ethical values, of course, conforming to legal processes, but beyond that, having ethical values and developing communities that those are actually positive correlates to creating income and longevity because they're the ones that pay you the money, stupid. Like that's where I get frustrated when I, people I just had this. I'm been, I don't know if you know this. I've been bouncing on this call because I got a yoga ball and I ordered one as a size and it was too small. And I had to know, I had to like, Hey, I want to exchange. And they wouldn't let me exchange it. And it was like an online shopping thing. I'm like, but it's not the right size. And they're like, it's the right. And I'm like, I got a measuring tape and I'm showing them. And they're like, sir, you have to measure from the bottom point to the top point. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And even if I was in the wrong, I'm a buyer. I spend a lot of money. They have a store full of goods, but because of how they treated me over wanting to just exchange, just give me the bigger size. I just, I'll never do business with them again. Yeah, but different. And we're North Americans. So we get that. Of course I get that, but I live in France. Need to say more. So it just comes back to the, just take care of people. Hey, I need to replace my chair. I want to be able to wiggle and bounce and have better back health. Well, I've worked for a client before. This is mind blowing. Okay. I won't, I can't say who it is, but let's put it this way. Corporate spent millions on an internal campaign to convince the sellers that it pays to put the client first. Now, this was mind blowing. Like I cannot even hurts to understand why you have 
try to convince someone of this. Yeah. But you're paying millions yeah. to try to convince. Yeah, yeah, it is. But seriously, like we know that national cultures can come into play there. Not only company cultures, but the national. And right. there is, I live in the land of, you're really lucky that I'm here to serve you in general. And there definitely are exceptions, but I'm just saying, unfortunately, it's all right. too common. Yeah, no, but to the victor go the spoils. It's just an opportunity for somebody else. There you go. Yeah, I just, I do most of my shopping online. I don't right. even bother. Yeah. Yeah. People, all a company is a group of people helping another group of people with a problem and they solve it via product or service. So you're, you're ultimately, at the end of the day, we're all insert, we're all trying to help and serve another. And people may lose sight of that in politics and cultural and beliefs. But at the end of the day, the sun, the earth revolves around the sun. We need, there's just like fundamental principles that we can't get past. I don't want to trigger anyone with what I'm saying, but I'm just going to say it anyways. Like we need food to eat. This food needs to be nutritious. Food is not just calories. It's also information that communicates with our body. So we need real food products. Some food companies are like drug dealers in the sense that they buy real food and then they mix it with a bunch of non-food stuff to have more yeah. inventory to sell it. And this creates a healthcare industry. And there's like a cycle that goes on. And it's the same thing where we need men and women to date and fall in love and have kids in order to have a future. So be you, love whoever you want to love, whoever you want to love. But there's just some basics as a species that we have to acknowledge that until we start lab growing babies, we got to appreciate certain things and be you love who you want to love. But there's just, like I said, like at the end of the day, a business exists to serve the community. And so corporate social responsibility, treating people well, it's just going to, it can only do you better because I'm going to go, I got this ball that I'm using from a competitor. Like I, they, they didn't get my of money. Course. That's why I said, even if you don't have an ethical bone in your body, the only way to do business is to love on people. And even if I was in the wrong, I was going to spend, I was going to spend more money with, it was a bigger ball. Like that person needs to be fired or educated because I'm wow. like, Hey, I want to exchange this and get the bigger model. No, sir, you're mistaken. Oh, okay. I'll spend my money with someone else then. Bye. <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's, well, that's like what going, to stores, going to stores here and they say, Oh no, we're closed. We're going to lunch. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want my money. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What's sorry. happening here? <laughs> but it's a, it's an opportunity for somebody else. And that's where markets yeah. are unknown well, or unknowable and excellence, serving people, solving that problem more excellent than the competitor. And to tie it in with what we've been saying this whole hour as well, Daryl, it's people are not dumb. We're not dumb. And we can feel when people are sincere as well. So given a choice to work with people now, a yoga ball with respect might be a bit different, right? Than a service provider. But the point being people can feel I've coached people that were literally given to coaching because people couldn't stand to work with them. Right. Right. Because right, they were just right. checking a box. They would pretend they cared, but they did not And they would right. just everything good. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Great. Okay. So now those numbers that we talked about last week, right. For example. Yeah. So that's where all this stuff we've been talking about and being the onions and peeling the being willing to do that self-work or at least at the very minimum aligning with ourselves. That's where the reverberations happen because people yeah. can feel that genuine 
energy yeah. from us, right? Yeah. When we're yeah. really being who we are and yeah. having a genuine care of people. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that was really well said. Colleen, you've given such great knowledge and info on this call. I've got a page of notes. Is there anything I haven't asked you that I should have asked you? Oh, I'm sure. For this introvert, believe it or not, I can talk as you can tell. So maybe we'll just do another talk. I honestly don't know. As I said, I have the book coming out. There's the bolder moves of the week. Please feel free. I'd love to be of service to you in that way. There's probably more stuff I could say for sure, but at the moment, I think we hit most of the highlights. Yeah. Okay. So if anyone yeah. wants to find out more and get the bolder moves of the week, go to boldermoves.com. And it, it's not boulder like Colorado. This right. cracks me up. A lot right. of people think it's like the Colorado boulder. It's like courageous, like audacious, B O L D E R. B O L D E R M O B S dot com. Should they also look? Is LinkedIn also a good spot? To, LinkedIn, to- I'm there. Colleen Slaughter, two L's and two E's, and 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 by the way, I also have an Irish passport, which is one of those old other Boulder moves because I have it through my grandmother, and she thought I was. She, as she said, she thought I was barking up the wrong tree, but then I came back with the passport. I'm just saying that because the word Colleen, obviously, the name is obviously Irish origin. Oh, so yeah, it. Colleen got Slaughter it. with two L's and two E's. C-O-L-N. And Slaughter like it's said and laugh. S is in Sam, L-A-U-G-H-T-E-R. Colleen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I had fun, Daryl. Seriously. Yeah, good. You're good. We'll have to have you back for a follow-up then. Good. All right. Take care, everybody. Really glad to be with you.